This is the Old Time Review Podcast. And now the Joy Drops do Not Drunk. This is Jamie Dyer welcoming you to this edition of the Old Time Review Podcast. In this episode, I talk to American voice actor and producer Pete Lutz about his love for audio drama, old time radio, and much more. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please do get in contact with us. Email jamie at oldtimereview.co.uk. That's jamie at oldtimereview.co.uk. You can tweet us at oldtimereview on Twitter, or just go to the Facebook page, which is just simply oldtimereview. We'll have the interview with Pete in just a moment, but first, this. This podcast is brought to you by Old Time Review, a website that features news, reviews, and opinion on television, radio, movies, and music made before 1980. We also produce a range of podcasts, including our interview show, the Old Time Review podcast, a Brit Talks Television, and the Record Revival podcast. Check out www.oldtimereview.co.uk that's www.oldtimereview.co.uk for more information alternatively you can check us out on social media at old time review on twitter or our facebook page simply old time review and even instagram thank you very much for supporting old time review So my guest on today's podcast is American voice actor and producer Pete Lutz. The name might not be immediately familiar to you, but the voice just may be if you're into modern audio drama. I first heard about Pete about five years ago when I started to produce audio drama of my own. As some people might know, I produce things such as The Hudsons, The Story Slot, and An Englishman Out of State, among other things. And I'm very lucky that Pete, who is extremely prolific, has over the years helped me out with a voice or free. And apart from a random Skype conversation, maybe four or five years ago, when we first heard about each other, this is actually the first time that we've sat down via the medium of Zoom and chatted uh, at length about um, something that we're both interested in, old-time radio. So the first thing I wanted to know from Pete was what was his first experience of old time radio well that goes way back uh when i was i don't know seven or eight my mother uh, bought a set of lps that had a lot of programs on them snippets of programs and the full one with the full war of the worlds broadcast so i i always say that the very first audio drama or radio drama i ever listened to was war of the worlds uh, when i was seven or eight and i was hooked from that moment so about 50 years of, of audio drama love uh, or radio drama love for, for me. Yeah, so I've just been an enthusiast ever since. Wanted to buy, eventually wanted to buy my own radio station so that I could create my own radio dramas. And of course, you know, that's pretty expensive. <laughs> 
And uh, then podcasting came along, and for years I thought, you know, that's just two guys sitting around talking about nothing, and didn't realize that I could bring audio drama to podcasting. So I'm very late to the table when it comes to that, but I think I've, I've caught up uh, quite a bit with uh, the sheer number of uh, audio dramas I've produced in the past nearly seven years. The art of audio entertainment, as opposed to just music radio or, or top 40 radio, pretty much in America kind of died in the early 60s, didn't it? But we, we don't tend to think of that in Britain because it's continued via Radio 4 and other such methods. That's why I love the BBC, Jamie. I love it because, uh, um, well, I lived in the UK for a few years, so I knew we're going in that I would be able to listen to to radio plays and things like that. And I, uh, I was there in the 90s when Dirk Maggs resurrected Flywheel, Shyster, and Flywheel, the Marx Brothers radio show from the 30s. And um, I dubbed uh, several of those programs from, directly onto tape from, <laughs> we're talking about cassette tapes, kids. <laughs> Remember those? Uh, directly onto tape from, from the radio and listened to those over and over again. Yeah, so that was fun. That was a lot of fun, living in the UK for that. That that show is still broadcast um, on Radio 4 Extra every week, practically. The Flywheel, Shyster and Flywheel, yeah. Oh, man. They were, and they were funny, too. They were hilarious. They, had a, he, they put together a great cast. Uh, the, the actors who play Groucho Marx and Chico Marx were were just spot on with their with their performances. Really wonderful. Some of our British listeners might not be familiar with some of the old-time radio shows of which uh, enthusiasts like you and I are so kind of um, familiar with. I think if they want to uh, get familiar, then they can go to uh, several websites that, that are devoted to the, uh, to the genre. Um, they can just type in OTR and see what happens in a search and just start listening. If they have a particular fondness for a, a type of story, horror or mystery or, or um, romance, then they can refine their search. But I think just getting started, if you want to listen to something, just start with anything and see what happens. If you like it, keep listening. If you don't like it, try something else. Uh, there's something really for everybody in, in terms of old-time radio drama and modern audio drama. But uh, if you're looking for a plug, uh, you can also tune in Old Time Radio Essentials, <laughs> my podcast. Yeah, um, we started that a year ago. I had, uh, uh, it's myself and two co-hosts. Uh, started out with a guy named Paul Arbisi and a woman named Jane St. John. And Jane had some uh, personal things that she had to take care of, so she dropped out and we brought in a guy named Dave Feldman. And so we... Um, have a monthly series and what we do is we choose each of us chooses on a rotating uh, basis um, a particular show from the old-time radio days we uh, present it we introduce it then we present the entire show and then we come back at the end of it and discuss its merits um, and and for ours we have um, there are several shows let me interrupt myself to say that there are several shows that discuss old-time radio let me plug one in particular, it's called Sonic Echo, and that's put out by Jack Ward, and his co-hosts are Lothar Tuppen and Jeff Billard, and they discuss uh, radio plays in their own way. There's another one called The Mysterious Old-Time Radio Listening Society, and that's three hosts, and they discuss radio plays in their own way, 
And then if you like just the goofy stuff, we... <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that because of me. I, I try to make it as light and humorous as possible. But we bring in, uh, we don't have a set uh, type. We try to choose something from every genre um, and every type of um, series that we can think of. And um, I think that's it, really. There are three big, there are, there are two big ones and then us, <laughs> as, far as, as far as popularity. I have heard uh, a couple of your episodes. I heard one that you did uh, on the Burns and Allen show, which, of course, um, British listeners will be familiar. It was like the second American sitcom to be on television in this country. And they also made um, their debut on radio, I believe, on the BBC in 1929. So little roots here. And it's something that I'm familiar with. My wife's a big fan of Burns and Allen, and um, I did hear that episode. Well, good. Yeah, that was our Thanksgiving special week because they they had a Thanksgiving theme for that episode. Our particular um, guidelines are because is it an essential? Is it truly something that uh, a radio old-time radio collector or aficionado would want to have in his collection that particular episode that we feature and is it representative of that particular series so we try to find ones that series that have a long run um burns and allen were, were on the air for 20 years bing crosby was on the air for 20 years and so on so our our goal is to uh present these shows and then have the lively discussion as to whether or not it is essential listening. And we've had a few that are not. <laughs> we've, had, we've had a few where we just couldn't, where we either all agreed that it was or all agreed that it wasn't. Uh, there are very few where we, uh, where we have a disagreement uh, one way or the other. Yeah, and the thing is, the way that you're talking about it and um, the way that you promote that in, in not only your podcast, but also your, your social media, it's um, it's an interest that is massive, even if it doesn't seem so to to some people. Oh, I believe so, yeah. I, I think for old-time radio, there are uh, literally uh, millions of, of people who enjoy it, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, we owe a lot to the people who were smart enough to record them at the time of their broadcast. We owe a great debt to um, the people who said, hey, we should record this, so maybe somebody might want to listen to it again down the road. Uh, we owe a lot to the armed forces, the American uh, Sir, uh, Armed Forces Radio Network, who uh, rebroadcast the shows on on uh, 78 rpm and, and lp and so on <clears throat> because that that was that proved to be a gigantic storehouse of of these programs so um if not for these few people with the foresight to transcribe them electronically we would not have the the wonderful entertainment that we have today this historic and uh, still vital source of entertainment in my opinion. There's so many um, places of which you can find out about this. There's lots of books on the subject. Um, there's lots of websites on the internet with people writing about it, such as myself and, and yourself. And, um, and and that's the thing. I mean, what do you think it is about these programs that kind of keeps people going back? What do you think it is about those programs that makes them want to go back to them? Aside from the, the, the initial historical impact that they had, um, there is... 
for certain for certain series and and you're going to talk to a hundred people and they're going to have a hundred different opinions on which is their which their favorite series is um but in my opinion i like to use the words of of, of a famous radio producer hyman brown who created inner sanctum and then later went on to uh, create the cbs radio mystery theater nobody can create the pictures in a in a play the way you can in your in your imagination so when you're listening to a radio play if it's really well done if the sounds are there the acting is there the music is there you are creating this uh image in your mind and for you the listener what you are picturing is far more vital and 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 exciting than anything that you could see in a movie or see on tv and i think that people are trying to get that um, for themselves when they're listening to uh, radio plays yeah i i think so and certainly with some of the more entertainment based shows from my perspective i enjoyed you know it's, it's like hanging out with friends that you can't see but they're kind of there in your mind you know it's and and i think as well when you're watching a lot of black and white tv it can kind of feel like a bit of an us and them mentality whereas um when things were recorded years ago you don't kind of have that visual element it's just the audio and while it is a little bit on the uh dusty side occasionally you know it's it, some of it was recorded off live radio so it's not going to be the best sound it's still very much in the consciousness as a current thing. Well, I agree with you that uh, um, some of it's a little dusty, but <laughs> but there are some things that just cannot be created visually. I mean, just take any any episode of The Goon Show, your your wonderful BBC comedy show with uh, Peter Sellers and Spike Milligan and and Harry Seacombe that ran in the fifties. Listening to any of those with the sounds they made and the, and the things they said and the images that, they, that, that are created, that could never happen on television. It was so busy. It was like a thousand things happening at once, stacked on top of each other. Um, and, and radio was the perfect medium for that brand of comedy. Uh, and, and they tried to do it on TV, and it just didn't work the same way. Uh, the Goon Show television show was not a hit. <laughs> the Goon Show puppet show was not a hit. Um, the Goon Show comic strip was not a hit, but the radio show still is is wonderful to listen to. And so there, there are things you, you can't do uh, visually that are just so easy to do in audio. Well, another show that springs to mind, another very famous show, is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the mm -hmm, Galaxy, mm -hmm. um, of which is so fantastical in its sound effects. And I just found out recently that the Eagles wrote the composed the 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 song that was their theme song you know that, that uh, weird plunky guitar sound that they have that's a song by the eagles and i just found that out recently amazing <laughs> amazing that an american rock band contributed to this this world famous uh radio show but but on that uh, particular topic how could you reproduce a whale falling through the sky on its way to earth plummeting 
the way it's described in the Hitchhiker's Guide on the radio. It's just anything. The Vogon uh, ship that they're on, the, the, the Vogon prosthetic jelts who's read, reading his, his love poetry, and then Arthur Dent and, and, and Ford Prefect with their ears bleeding in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the hold, you know, after listening to it. It's, it's just nothing can, can compare to the pictures that you're forming in your own mind. And you ask anybody, what's a, what's a Vogon look like? And they're gonna tell you, and it may, it's probably not gonna match your own, your own image, but it doesn't matter because it, it, was, it was left up to you to form that image yourself. Well, that's right. There, there are always images conjured up by these shows that, you know, it's a little bit, I've, I've often said, um, when I'm trying to sell the idea of just audio in general, I've often said that uh, it's like reading, really, except someone else is, is, uh, is saying mm-hmm. the words for yeah, you. Yeah, I agree. So you mentioned um, earlier about your audio drama. Um, rumor has it, and, and I know this, I know this because I work with you on several things. You're on literally hundreds of audio dramas. Is that true? I have been uh, lucky enough to get roles in uh, more than 100 uh, other people's audio dramas. Yes. Um, I've, I've got the capability of voicing different characters. Uh, I'm, I'm not as... Not as famous as Mel Blanc, but I think I've got a number of the same voices uh, in my in my repertoire. You know, the variety that he he was able to come up with. Um, it just as as an example, he sent off um, an audition for somebody's somebody's uh, series and gave four different voices for one character. I said, "Well, I'm going to give you three different takes," and I said, "Then I came up with a with a fourth one and said four for the price of three and sent off the four, and then she came back." And asked me, uh, the producer came back and asked me to read for three other characters because she liked the, the variety I'd provided. Um, and so um, that there's that. I don't know if I get even get a role. She said, I'll get back in touch with you. So it may lead to nothing. But then there's a, um, there was one a few years ago where I voiced 11 different characters in the same series. And the producer liked my audition so much like for several, just had one or two lines. And so the audition line was the complete role. Uh, so he used my auditions as these characters. So I ended up playing 11 different characters in the same series. <laughs> <laughs> and believe it or not, many of them were, were British characters. So I was able to voice 11 different English dialects um, in, in, this, uh, in this series. Whenever I've um, had an audition from you, the variety of voices and the ver- and the, just the good nature with it, you obviously really enjoy what you're doing. Oh, I do. I do. I love it. Um, when I was a little kid, I would entertain my friends with, uh, with the different character voices. And, and the funny, the, the wonderful thing is you can make anything funny if you add, if you give it, if you deliver it in a, in a voice, in, in a different character voice. So if somebody says, what are you doing? You can say, what are you doing? Oh, what are you doing? So uh, it's just, uh, and I learned that from watching cartoons. I learned that from uh, Mel Blanc uh, and and old time radio, listening to the the comedies uh, and listening to the, the, the certain dramas that had different characters. So I picked that up and ran with it when I was a kid, and it has proven to be um, 
not lucrative. I'm not making any money on it, <laughs> certainly. But it, uh, I think I am a good bet. If you want somebody for a particular character, I'm a good bet that I can pull that off without sounding too stuck up about it. <laughs> in, in terms of like voice actors, the, who inspired you in the first place? Well, Mel Blanc, I mentioned him already, uh, was my main source of, of, of uh, information. I mean, who, who, anybody who watched uh, the, the Bugs Bunny cartoons uh, ended up trying to imitate Bugs Bunny, ended up trying to imitate Elmer Fudd. Uh, or Daffy Duck, or Sylvester, uh, any of those characters. And uh, I, one of my favorites was Foghorn Leghorn, the, the, the rooster. You know, I say, I say, boy, I say, boy, are you listening to me, boy? <laughs> and, and I could never really sound like Bugs Bunny, but uh, uh, the, uh, the, the fun thing was, was trying. The fun thing was just, you know, you, you give that sort of... Uh, um, close enough the way I am with my British accent I'm close enough <laughs> but um, Mel Blanc was was a, a huge influence on me um, c comedians w that I would that would listen to their records um, I want to say Ernie Kovacs was huge um, Jack Benny and his well I could never do Jack Benny, but uh, I love Phil Harris and uh, Mr. Kitzel. So any of those from there. And then uh, as I listened to more uh, of the radio shows, I picked up the uh, the different character voices as well. Uh, I wanted to be on radio from an early age, uh, a DJ or, or a news broadcaster or something like that. So I also honed I also honed my radio voice so that I would sound like a guy on the radio. And and had a few. I, I had a few gigs, but they didn't last. Um, so unlucky me, unlucky me on the radio, but lucky me uh, doing doing audio dramas. So it's a very good hobby for me. Well, yes, and and um, I'll, I'll just pull you back on something that uh, someone you mentioned, Ernie Kovacs. Now that's not a name that people tend to mention, um, but that guy was a genius. He was a genius, and I was lucky that. Um, a TV station in my hometown ran the Ernie Kovacs show as reruns because uh, it was in the fifties. And so I'm watching it in the, in the seventies and picking up on all of these um, just, I mean, he was very, he was a very visual character, very, very visual uh, comedian for sure, because his TV was his medium. But if you listen to his voices, he made a point of changing his voice and coming up with these different different characters in the 50s nearly anything was game as long as it met as long as it could pass by the censors of the day but uh, I'm I was very lucky to have been able to watch his uh, program in the in, from the 50s in the 70s I think this pretty much brings us to the end of this podcast but uh, I'd like to say thank you very much Pete for coming on the podcast today and uh, if people wanted to find out more about um, your productions where would they need to go well we're in a few locations um, uh, if they want to listen to my past productions, <clears throat> they can go to um, uh, they can listen to my first series called Pulpery Theater, which was a pulp-based uh, audio drama. Uh, that that plus my new series, The Cellar, uh, which is horror and suspense, is uh, all available at um, 
an RSS feed. They can subscribe on their favorite podcatcher. Nearly, nearly all podcasters carry it at uh, Narada Radio Audio Drama or just Narada Radio Company. And they can just type in that search function and it should come up. We're at uh, archive.org. We're on uh, naradaradio.libsyn.com. That's all one word, naradaradio.libsyn.com. We're, uh, we've got a few um, shows at Moonlight, Moonlight Audio Theater. And that's moonlightaudiotheater.ca because it's out of Canada. If you'd like to get in contact with me here at the Old Time Review podcast, just email jamie at oldtimereview.co.uk. You can also tweet us at Old Time Review. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash oldtimereview. And you guessed it, www.oldtimereview.co.uk.